0: Hello, mom, and welcome to the mom village. We are here on part two. We're going to talk about toddlers. So finally, ladies with toddlers, you know, you've been asking for this and you need us. I know I have a toddler. My goodness. So we're finally here. The day is finally here. The guide with toddlers. Okay. We're going to talk about a lot about toddlers, but I forgot to tell you that I'm always here with my besties. Hello, the beautiful Kira Kelly next to me. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Or good, good ab- afternoon. Or good, or good evening. evening. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have Kristen Dragons here with me. Hi, ladies. Hello. And who
1: else do we have here, Kristen? We are so blessed to have uh, Sydney, me with us. Sydney was Yay. with us for part one when we talked about babies. And she is the nurse practitioner for Mahoney Pediatrics, which is where Jesus. GC- and I take our children and Kira. I didn't realize that, Kira. So all three of us. Okay. So this is a big love fest for Mahoney Pediatrics. But Sydney, you were with us for part one. And something that I said after that, when we were just talking amongst ourselves is we are so grateful truly that you're here because Sydney, you have so much wisdom, so much knowledge about everything that we're talking about. I trust you personally with my own children. Um, When we had a foster child, I was telling you earlier that you like transformed her into a sleeper. And so I sing great praises for you. But one of the things that's so awesome about you is you're, you're very direct, but very kind. And so everybody wants to hear what you have to say. So I really, really appreciate you using the things that God has given you and taught you and that you've learned over the years to be willing to bless us with this and some of the things that you said in the previous podcast what it struck me that all of this is just living out God's design yes. you know you you talked about having a marriage centered home thinking of others not not it being about me, what I want to do for my kids, but thinking like, "Hey, we're we're all in this together. We we're a village, right? Mm-hmm. So we need each other, and we have to think of the people yeah. around us." But all of that is living out God's design. It's gospel living, and when we take God's principles of being marriage centered, of thinking of others, of seeing how mm-hmm. we can serve, even in the concepts of raising babies and toddlers, it matters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we it appreciate. Shifts, it you. shifts
0: the perspective. Yeah. Shifts the perspective. So, ladies, you're in for a treat, and we want to start right away with toddlers. Let's go with naps. We mm-hmm. already talked about this before. You, yeah. if you haven't listened to the other podcast, go. Listen to the podcast and stop listening to this one because <laughs> we already talk about naps and we're going to talk about it again. But the importance of naps, my goodness, defines the character of a child. Tell yeah. us, Sydney. Yeah. When you said that, and <laughs> I guess it was, what was it, your
3: scheduling podcast or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, yes, thank <laughs> you for that. Because, I mean… Number one, that's my reset time. That's my break time to kind of refocus and get back to being a mom or, you know, pay a bill, whatever. And also it resets my kids. So when we're hitting the 5 o'clock hour, I'm not dealing with a little monster that Mm -hmm. then I have to discipline and it's really not their fault. So, how
0: many moms do you get in the office all the time? So many. And then you you tell them something simple. They're like, "This is going on with my kid. I think this." Ain't. Oh. And the basic answer is, "Mom, nap." You need nap. nap. So, so
3: <laughs> one of the things, just from a medical perspective, when you come in and maybe you have a concern about your child, and, and this could really run the gamut of so many things. Yeah. But part of a good history that you're going to do is what's going on with that child's sleep, because this can translate into so many issues. Yeah. One thing I want to say in toddlers, one to two-year-olds, which is really the toddler age, they should be getting 11 to 14 hours a day, including naps. Wait, wait, wait,
0: you're saying one one to two? No, but they're, they're babies. (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh, I love that we're going to talk In about this. Baby. Your one-year-old is not a baby and we have some, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So the one, the, you're here, the, the one to two-year-olds, <laughs> they should be getting 11 to 14 hours a day. Wow. And a preschooler ages three to five should be getting 10 to 13. And And the reason that this is so important is we know that getting the recommended sleep Hours by age is going to improve your child's attention, their behavior, mm-hmm. learning, memory, emotional regulation, quality of life, physical health. Down the road, if we're not fostering these good sleep habits, it can lead to long-term health issues into adulthood wow. and, you know, poor performance in school and also making moms a little crazy. Yeah. So it's a big deal. And oftentimes I hear moms say, oh, my child just really doesn't like to nap. And I'm going to go back to what I said before. Like my children don't like a lot of things, <laughs> but they can't eat candy all the time. And, yeah. they, and I have to teach them to take care of their bodies because that's my job. My mm-hmm. job is to sometimes do the hard things. Yeah. And that's I'm not there to be their friend. I'm there to make sure that they're safe oh, and th- that they're healthy. Yeah. And uh, one thing I will add, this is kind of new to me, my pending four-year-old, she'll be four in November from COVID. She stopped napping because her older sister was home. So one thing, this is maybe a hot tip. She still has to do a rest time. So nice. I have found some audiobooks. And some children's story podcasts. And so for two hours, she can go and read books or listen to the audio books, but she can't leave the room. And she has to lay down in the dark and and rest. Yep. Sydney. That is amazing. Yeah, you know,
1: we, we, we talked about how a couple of podcasts ago, I don't know if you remember, but we said like if they go to daycare, mm-hmm. those daycare workers make sure those people stay on the mat for yeah. two hours. Yeah. And so if those daycare workers can make them do that, mom can too, right? Right.
2: And I think it trains them for years down the line. Um, yeah. I have a 19-year-old who's working two jobs and going to school full time. And the other day, she was just like having a fit. Mm-hmm. And I felt like she was a toddler. <laughs> and I said, you know, I had given her that, that mama warning, okay, I think you're doing a, a little too much, probably not resting the way you should. And she was just having a really bad day, a rough day. And I called her at work and I said, I think you need to come home. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay. And I I knew, I mean, even then the fact that she relented and came home. And I said, why don't you just take a nap? And I literally sat there on the side of her bed and rubbed her head. Aww. And 19. See, yeah. they still need us. <laughs> still yeah, need yeah. us. 19. And she slept for four hours. Wow. Yeah. I said, She's oh, just no wonder. Mm-hmm. No so wonder. even at that age when we really give the naps the respect that they deserve. I mean, I saw a sign the other day that said, naps, I'm so sorry for the way that I treated you earlier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah, really, yeah. Yeah. Naps are important. We talked about it that it just it defines our character as moms and the kids. So that's true. But Cindy, what would you say
1: to a young mom who is trying to implement the thing that you just said, which is so important? And they are like, my kid won't do that. You know, we that's the big phrase, right? My kid won't nap. My kid won't eat that. My kid won't take a rest. Be honest. <laughs>
3: well, I don't know. I feel like you guys might be able to hit this a little bit better than I could. But basically, here's, I think this comes down to parenting like globally is that. Again, it is our job to teach and to guide and kids intrinsically are sinful, Mm -hmm. right? And they want the bad things. And part of it is learning boundaries. Toddlers, Mm -hmm. they're developmentally like they want to be independent and they want what they want, but they feel safe. Insecure secure when they know what's coming and when yeah. we are consistent and when yep. we have guidelines. So even if they're pushing up against that, it's so important. And a lot of times, because I have the privilege of seeing children from the time that they're born until teenagers, I can see a little bit of a pattern. And some things that maybe are not being done like that attitude of they won't do this Mm -hmm. um, from the time that they're toddlers, it will translate as they get older and older and those problems will get harder and harder to manage. So I think it's really an attitude of this might be hard. This might be something that we're going to struggle with with our child, but we have to commit and we have to get creative and come up with a way to guide them to do the things that we want to do. So not specific on naps, but- And also it has
0: to be something that you both- are on the same page, you and dad. Yep. Like it's not that mom wants to follow these rules and then dad wants to do something else. Mom, this is important for both of you. And Kristen has shared this before. You both have to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. So, and you're saying, well, we're getting really deep about napping. Well, it's that deep because, <laughs> yeah. you know, when a toddler this trying to push the boundaries, like Sydney is saying, if they don't nap, it's that's chaos for them. Their little lives, this is... This is finding balance. This mm-hmm. is get you know just their routine is very important. And then when they nap, they can function better. They can digest food better. They can sleep better. They can develop. So I think better. it's
3: it's bigger than just naps, which is which is what we're saying here. Yeah. You know, let's talk about feeding, right? Yes. I mean, if anybody's ever had a kid, is there anything more annoying than your <laughs> child at the table? <laughs> I mean, they're they, especially toddlers. And what I want people to understand is. Again, this developmental phase, they are learning independence. And guess what? They can control what goes into their mouth. That is probably the only thing in their life that they can control and they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So everybody needs to take a deep breath, realize they're not going to starve. Kids are a little bit like camels at this age where they might eat, eat, eat for a couple days and then not eat anything or hardly anything for a few days and you don't have to come off the rails with that. That's why it's really important that we're going to these well visits because part of what we do – in addition to you know listening to their heart and lungs and looking in their ears is we're assessing their growth and and the way that it works on the growth curve is we're making sure that your child if your child has always been a peanut that they're staying on their curve and then that they're not jumping up really high or dropping down mm-hmm. and that way when your child is a picky eater or maybe acting like a camel we know that they're okay <laughs> you know we're not worried about them just take a deep breath and be consistent with what you're doing you don't need to be making separate meals for your picky eater we're Whatever you make for your family, that's what's offered. Yeah. And if they choose not to eat, no worries. Yeah. They don't have to finish their plate, right? Kids need to learn when they're full, they're full. Yeah. But there's not going to be something after. Because if there's something after, then you're reinforcing their power. Another thing that parents – a pitfall that I see at this age is grazing, just constant snacks. Mm-hmm. And I like to use snacks in my times of desperation to keep my toddler from running away if I'm, if I'm out with my other kids. But – From the day to day, you know, we have a set meal times and that includes snack times and there's no eating in between Then, So they know if they choose not to eat lunch, it is in their control and it is their choice. But the next food they're going to get is at the normal snack time. So they know mom doesn't play. And my kids are like anybody else's kids. They want yeah. mac and cheese yeah. and they want they, – I'm poisoning them with vegetables literally every meal. <laughs> but I think it's just that consistency and that constant exposure in the modeling of what I'm eating that eventually, hopefully, it will take root.
0: Also, I mean, it, it goes back to like mom – Let's keep it simple. You know, mm. you're not gonna make three different meals a day. No. You're not gonna be running around and living your life trying to please a two year old that is trying to figure out what they want. And I love how you were saying, Sydney, like, listen, this is what we have. This is what it is. If you choose not to eat it, you're not being a bad mom. Like, don't guilt yourself, mom. They're learning. Believe me, when that kid is hungry, they're gonna take that carrot and eat it like mm-hmm. nobody else. Yeah. It's gonna taste delicious, and they're gonna eat it. But you gotta do tough love." Right. We're not short order cooks, right? Yeah, That's I, what
2: my mom would
1: say. I would tell said. my yeah. kids, if
2: they didn't eat dinner, I'll see you at breakfast. Well,
1: you know, you know, Jimmy's mom had this thing that she would do that, you know, if her kids said, I don't like, she would serve chili, let's just use, and they would say, I don't like chili. And she would just real calmly go, well, maybe today you just try a bite. Maybe today is the day you're going to love chili. <laughs> I have wisdom. used that so many times. But one of the things I love that you just talked about, Sydney, is you're, you're not really into the bad, it sounds to me like you're not into the battle at mealtime situation. In other words, like if that child's not hungry or that child doesn't want to eat that, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't have to. So, right? Is that what I'm like? Yeah. You're you're not going to. Well, how would you deal with it? Like if they said, I'm not eating this other than a discipline issue of being defiant. But if what, you
3: know. (laughs) So, yeah, on my good day, I'm not into the battle, but let's be honest here. It's hard. So basically what we say, what we try to do is that, you know, mealtime is family time. Mm -hmm. So you're expected to sit at the table and be a part of the family and you can eat what you choose to eat on your plate. You don't have to eat everything, but you're not getting. Up from the table until dinner is over. Mm-hmm. And then and then I just kind of want to transition a little bit into what you said earlier about, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my one-year-old's not a baby anymore. No, my kids have chores yeah. starting in their toddler years. And so I do yeah. expect them to bring their plate into the kitchen. I want them to feel like we are a team and we're all working together yeah. and that we're serving one another. And based off of their abilities, I do have expectations for them. And this is another pitfall I kind of see with parents, uh, children these ages, is you do view your child as a baby mm-hmm. and you want to do everything for them. Or maybe it's even just that it's inconvenient to let your kid put on their own shoes. And don't I know it. <laughs> if I have three young ones trying to yes. get out the door, yeah. oftentimes we show up places without shoes. And it's just kind of like the nature of the beast, but. These children, developmentally, they want to be independent and let's be their cheerleaders. Let's give them opportunities to meet those milestones and have those successes because boy,
0: don't they feel full when they are the big girl and the big boy. And I love Mm -hmm. how you said that because in my house, we have a one-year-old, three-year-old, five-year-old, and eight-year-old. When we sit at the table, and this is something my husband has implemented and I love him for that and more, we all sit together. We all take our plates over there. We eat together. We try to read a story like we heard before, you know. And even my one-year-old, I put him in the high chair mm-hmm. and I sit him there. And then we do a prayer. Mm-hmm. And even the baby, the one-year-old, he he puts his head down. He probably is like drooling on the side, you know, while we're praying. But they know. Oh, They know. My 18-month-old is the one
3: who if we don't pray – you know, don't think we're heathens or whatever, but sometimes life <laughs> yeah, is get pretty busy. chaotic. And I'm just trying to get the animals fed. <laughs> she will immediately start doing our prayer. And, oh, you know, like it's things like it's like that. They get that routine and they know that at the end of the day before they're allotted any
0: screen time that they have to pick up their yeah. stuff. Yeah, and I love not, how you said like that they can do like their own chores because one of the mm-hmm. things we want to talk about is a lot of moms, like you were saying, they baby too much mm-hmm. and then you're not given the freedom and the independence and the, those kids, like we talked about before, how we can empower our kids mm-hmm. to do homeschooling at home. Yeah, And you I know, think that's part
2: of the, what the ultimate goal should be is training our children yes. yeah. and the training starts at one. Oh, yeah. right. You know, you don't start. With chores at fifteen, and expect that they're going to, you know, jump on board with you
0: exactly, and be. You've got to start as early it. as possible. So, Sydney, yeah. tell us what are a good ages that you can share with? Like, listen, by this age, kids can do their own bed, or kids oh, can boy. grab like. Well, because for example, <laughs> goals. Yeah, like for oh, a I, simple example, so we can get you going. My one-year-old, when I unload, uh, unload the dishes. Like he stands over there and he just passed me the dishes. Oh, and I, I just start it. saying like, oh, fork in Spanish. Oh, cuchara, tenedor. Mm-hmm. Like so he can. I like this idea. Can, yeah. So he can learn. And then he thinks it's fun. So now every time I open it, even if they're dirty, he starts thinking things out. okay <laughs> But things like that. What are things based on their age? You can tell our moms and be like, listen, mom, your kid is eight. He can do his own, uh, like store the laundry okay. or do his bed or something yeah. like that.
3: You guys probably will have more examples than I do. But I can tell you a little bit at my house. So obviously, they're all – all ages are expected to pick up after themselves. Some do it very well and some just kind of do it. And it's a little bit of personality. So my oldest one, she loves to organize and everything is – and she's actually a huge help. Well, the middle one has shoved everything under the bed and I'll discover it two days later, but (laughs) I guess it is picked Mm -hmm. up technically. So – I can't falter. <laughs> again, I do have them clearing their own plates. I have them help me fold laundry. The 5-year-old and the 3-year-old do that. They make their own beds. They get themselves dressed. I even have the 18-month-old, she picks out her own clothes. Listen she mom. gets her shoes. Mm-hmm. I call it the magic carpet, okay ladies, get shoes on and get on the magic carpet. I'm ready to go, and that's my mat, my front mat. And I they get that. on the magic oh, carpet cuz we're ready to fly. And again, sometimes people leave without shoes and I don't notice it. Um <laughs> But one funny thing, because I know it's kind of hard if you give your kid a chore, if you're kind of OCD or like, oh, they're doing it. They're not doing a good job. My kids love to vacuum. And for me, I'm like, I guess anything picked up the floor is a win. (laughs) The other thing that I do is I give them a wet wipe and they clean the baseboards because they're super short and they really do get that dust off there. So that's something that's actually helpful that I
0: have them do. Kristen, what's something you can share with us depending on ages? Because you you're an expert Mm -hmm. on having all ages at the same time that you can involve everyone. And depending on age, you can say, Mom, listen, when they're this age, they can actually Do it.
1: Yeah. So I do think what Sydney said earlier, I think she said, I want them to feel like they're on a team. And that is huge. Yes. And so that's what, you know, we talk a lot about, hey, Team Scroggins or the Scroggins crew at our house, because we want everybody to feel like they have a place. And honestly, that child does not feel good on the inside when they're the center of the universe. No. That's not how we're, I mean, you think they do, yeah. but that's not how we're really wired to be. We're wired to yeah. be communal and to you know to be together and to fit in and so we, that's part of our job right to teach that and so I, I have learned something is everybody in the house doesn't like doing every chore there're certain things that we we used to when we were all clean in the house every week or every day you know whatever we're doing we had certain jobs and then i realized Oh, my gosh. Oh, he was like, I can't stand doing that. And the other kid was like, well, I love it. So we switched Mm -hmm. (laughs) switched (laughs) jobs. I want them to know how to do everything. But somebody has a wheelhouse in a certain area, so why would I force Force someone else else to do it? Let's all figure out something that we don't mind, kind of like we're talking about our husbands. Jimmy loved going to the grocery store. He doesn't like scrubbing a toilet, so why am I going to ask him to do that? So find things that they enjoy doing and let them help. Now, that doesn't mean that if they say, I don't enjoy making my bed, they, <laughs> I'm sorry, make your bed. But you do you, you see what yeah. I'm saying, that yeah. there are certain things that they may be bent towards. And so use
0: their strengths. And I love how you said, like, again, we say this in every podcast involve your husbands. Like, yeah. if your husband can be involved, you know, and, and it's like, like Kristen was saying, a team effort and everyone is involved, it's awesome. Like, for us at night, Daddy helps with getting everyone in their PJs and taking their showers bego- before going to bed. Well, that was his initiative. Right. Like you we said before in the previous podcast, so let's tackle this together. Kids and then kids toddlers see the older ones doing things they're going to
1: follow sure well and that was my other point was so one thing that we learned to do because sometimes you feel like if you have more than one child or several children that you are repeating yourself over and over like i feel like yes. i've already taught this <laughs> somebody had a vacuum why am i doing this again but the younger ones don't know mm-hmm. and so we trained our older children and when i say older i mean as young as five you know whatever. Mm-hmm to pass their job off to the next person yeah. so they teach them so if it's you know the three year old learning how to vacuum or what I don't know is hey, that you that a even have to tell them I sometimes I'm they just do it naturally vacuums. yeah little kids like to mm-hmm. clean that's why you yeah. have you go to the toy store and there's like a fake vacuum and a <laughs> fake <laughs> yes, broom and dust <laughs> dustpan they like to feel a part of what's going on <gasps> yes. capitalize on that yes. don't discourage them though whenever they don't do it as, as well as you mm-hmm. how yeah. in the world is a two year old or a three year old going to make up their bed as well as their mom yeah. in encourage them, leave it a mess and let them keep going. Don't discourage them from working hard because it doesn't come up to our
2: standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing we did when our kids were really little and it might've been two or three is we do a swish and swipe and we still do it to this day Ooh, I like where, <laughs> where they learned how to clean the toilets, which was really mm-hmm. fun because they would just take the hand soap, two or three pumps in the toilet and take the toilet brush and swish it around every morning, of course, making a whole lot of bubbles. <laughs> so they thought that cleaning a toilet was really fun. That's and they would smart. take a wet wipe. Wipe the outside of the toilet, wipe the counters, wherever the toothpaste was flying that morning. And every morning they have a nice, fresh bathroom. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not scrubbed from head to toe, but But it's not embarrassing if somebody had to come over. (laughs) But it's not embarrassing. They've had a good time (laughs) scrubbing the toilet. I'm
1: taking the swish and swipe. swipe And it smells good. I like (laughs) it, Kara.
3: Starting tomorrow.
1: I like it. Swish and swipe.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's smart. (laughs) So how about do's and don'ts? Okay. Please, ladies, let's share do's and don'ts with toddlers. I mean, we share a little bit. Kristen just shared, like, please don't discourage them, you know, trying to give them independence, Sydney was saying, you know, and Kira, you know, about being creative with how we, but do's and don'ts, ladies. Mm -hmm. What are some big do's and don'ts? So one thing I want to point out that I've
3: done and I've, I've found it kind of successful is, I have focused on trying to get my children to have emotional intelligence early. And part of what I do is I focus on a lot of books that talk about feelings or when we see a child having a feeling, we say, wow, you're really angry or you're really excited or you're really frustrated because I want them to learn those words so that they can communicate those words with us and with others because it helps cut down on the tantrums when yeah. they can communicate and feel that they're being understood and then it really transitions into teaching them empathy. So toddlers are super selfish and so are really preschoolers. Really? But are they
0: selfish? Yeah. <laughs> but, when you, but when you learn
3: to say like – when they understand what it means for them to be angry or frustrated mm-hmm. or sad and you yeah. say, wow, look at your sister. When you took that toy away from her, how do you think she feels? Oh, she looks like she feels sad. Wow. Did did you mean to make your sister feel sad? And so this is something that I think we're so focused on. Put your pee-pee in the potty and and don't throw that on the floor and – but this is actually a really huge thing because this is a life skill and as your children yeah. go into preschool or they're dealing with friends you know that. you don't want them to be late to the game in this this yes. is something that you know even as adults we struggle with like how am i feeling right now i'm acting so crazy so that's something i would encourage you to focus on is developing those words and even my 18 month old said the other day she's she's a daddy's girl and if he's in the vicinity she needs to be a kangaroo in his pouch, <laughs> and he was going outside to work on the grill, and I barricaded her from the door, and so she started to throw a tantrum. I said, "Oh, you look really mad." She goes, "Yeah, I'm mad. I'm mad at Mama."
0: Ooh, <laughs> it's like, well, you like, well, you got that skill yeah. down. <laughs> Your social cues are great.
2: Yeah, no worries yeah, there. We didn't
3: have to wonder what you were thinking. No, and another thing, you know, when it comes to kind of talking to your toddlers or talking at your toddlers, really, mm, yeah. when when you're trying to diffuse the bomb, use as few words as possible. Mm. Their frontal cortex isn't developed yet. They're explain like explain that to us a little bit, better, please. They're yes. like they're like cavemen. Okay, so you really want to <laughs> talk like you know you mad. You want snack. Because if you're just like, <laughs> I really see that you're hungry and it and you didn't eat your lunch and so this is why blah, 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 you're just like And the study wonk, of nutrition wonk, 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 wonk. <laughs> wow. and they're not that listening point. to anything you're saying and you're kind of elevating that, you know, panic phase. But if they're like if they're hearing you want food, you want food, they're like, okay. <laughs> They know I want food She's speaking and you can my language kind of, Speaking my language You can kind of bring it down So yeah. you know a lot of times I see parents Really doing this beautiful job Of like explaining things But it's just like Your kid developmentally Is really not there You're wasting your energy <laughs> And you're probably Just annoying them So that's something wow, that's a great point Sydney Another don't don't compare Again I said this in the babies We're all in a different yes. Spectrum of development If there is something You're concerned about My kid's not doing this thing Please bring it up To your pediatrician yes. One thing I want to bring up And this is missed because we shouldn't know this Is from the moment your child walks into the office Until they leave I'm looking at everything they do the way they walk, the way they look at me, the way they look around the room, the way they look at you, the way they're playing, the way they respond to oh, me. Oh, I'm going to self Yeah, be self-conscious. Way, I'm going to wash way, my hair for the next appointment. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> the way they respond to how I put a stethoscope on their chest, there's an art to what we do. And so much of it is development, especially at this early age. And so if there's something you're concerned about, like, man, so-and-so's kid isn't doing this or my other kid did this, please ask us. Because, I mean- this We're, is why I love it. This, this is what yeah. we do. Because you're just
2: observing and, and them. Exactly. The and a lot time. of times
3: that's missed. Like I think you go in and you're like, oh, they're just – going through the motions and they're listening and they're talking about shots and blah, blah, blah. But so much more is going into that interaction. Mm. And it really should be missed because we want it under the radar because kids, you know, they're smart. They pick up on things really quick. So I try to be as sneaky as I can about what I'm doing so I can really see what's going on. So please don't compare. It's just going to make you crazy. Limit (laughs) electronics. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about electronics? I mean, it's a tool and I'm not going to lie. We have TV time with my kids kids, but very minimal and it's intentional. So, for example, we like Daniel Tiger in my house. And maybe, He's
0: good with emotions. He's good with emotions, <laughs> good right? With Emotional emotions. intelligence. We like
3: him too. They'll be watching it while I'm making dinner. But I can hear what's going on. And I like to then talk about it, sing the song. Like, oh, what, when Daniel got mad, what did he do? What did he say? And, and try to reinforce the concepts that they're learning in those shows so that they're getting something out of it. I really do try to make sure they're not just flipping through YouTube because who knows what can pop pop up up, on that. And also you want to be careful about like the speed of the media, if that makes any sense. I like slow shows. I don't like intense flashing images,
0: Mm -hmm. music. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because, and I seen it a lot, but I mean, you can help us with that because you're the professional, but how negative it is to have a kid with an iPad or an iPhone or a media in front of them, seeing things happening so quickly that mm-hmm. we adults, is is we are used to it, but this baby, like you said, mm-hmm. is growing their brain, everything, activity brain is not as fast as mm-hmm. an adult. So tell us what damage sure. is, is doing.
3: So some things that we see is it definitely leads to the increased rate of ADHD or inattentiveness it leads to anxiety, depression, problems with social skills, gaming addiction. I mean, these are things we see every day and it's completely heartbreaking. One quick example is a lot of times we'll see kids in the office and it'll be unclear if they're autistic or if they just get too much technology. (gasps) And when the parents remove the technology, some of the symptoms of autism are completely mitigated. So that just goes to show you, these are very powerful and it's Great tools, but we need to be very careful yeah. about how it's used and definitely limit it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. the balance of things. So can I just say
0: something yes, on point-
3: I'm noticing
1: as we're talking about all of this is just obvious, but the need for intentionality. Mm-hmm. And so one of my do's is do keep your schedule simple yes. when they're little. And I noticed that, and, and here's why all of this stuff that Sydney's talking to us about this morning is so important and so time sensitive because mm-hmm. I, what you said earlier was that you notice in some of the older kids that some of the things that they should have been taught when they were younger, they didn't get taught. And mm-hmm. so now this stuff is, it's almost, it's not, I don't want to say too late because that sounds discouraging, but abundantly more difficult to teach an older kid some of these things, but here's the problem. It takes a lot of time, right? So when you are teaching your child how to do jobs, when you're teaching them how to have manners, be respectful, listen to authority – Golly, this stuff just takes time. It's repetitive. It does. He's, and I, I, I wish it. they could learn it once and never have to be taught it again. <laughs> but that's just not how life is. Yeah. I see, especially young moms now, and I think social media, I mean, we keep going back to it and it's it's the bully of the of the world because yeah. it pressures us to be and do. And I see parents using technology and activities as a Crutch to not have to spend time teaching yes. their kids yeah. things that need to be taught. Yep. So, gosh, you can say mom, it as I hope I hope I feel bad. I don't want to be discouraging, but it, it's actually an encouragement to not be that way. Yeah, and the great thing about it is, if we feel like we're making a mistake in that area now, that's an easy fix. Yeah, yeah. hey, next season, don't. A child that's three doesn't have to be on a travel soccer team. Okay, can we just go ahead and <laughs> say it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I'm just using that as an example. I don't care. Maybe that's your thing. But my point is, we don't have to busy these kids. Mm-hmm. We need to give them space yeah. to be bored. And they're not allowed to say that at our house if they know not to say, I'm bored <laughs> in my house. And the same rule. Beca- you want uh, uh, to Oh, you're bored? <laughs> you're bored? Guess what? I've got too much to do. You come help me. They're like, oh, no, mom, I'm not bored. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. But my point is, boredom is not always a bad thing because yeah. it produces creativity and we yeah. don't give our kids if we're not any space to just be. be and sometimes just let kids be kids yeah mm-hmm. just be kids and yeah. and It takes time and energy when they're young to teach them these things. But man, if we will do that, if we'll limit the technology, if we'll limit the activities and just be a family, especially, you know, we've got a lot of working moms. Sydney, you're a working mom. So you don't have all day long with your kids. So you've got this little bit of time with them in the evenings. And so, man, you are so intentional. I can, I mean, all the stuff that you're saying you do with your family, but that takes time and it takes time being together. And so- It is hard when they're little, but the benefits that you see when they're older of having trained them and taught them and taught them how to be and be part of the family, it's worth
0: it. Mm -hmm. It's so worth it. And going along with what you said, Kristen, I think a do for me will be saying yes more. Something as simple as saying yes more. Mm -hmm. Because like you were saying, Kristen... We're so busy. We have so many busy schedules. We have so many activities. And sometimes we put a lot more than we need to, like you were saying. But if you can, instead of saying yes a little bit more, you know, because sometimes we say, well, they're little kids, doesn't matter. And then they they just want you to sit down with them and read that book. Mm-hmm. Five mm-hmm. minutes, mm-hmm. only five minutes. And how many times we could say, no, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Or, can you just do that puzzle for five minutes? And Sydney can tell us like those little five minutes are more developmental and mm-hmm. g- growing in their brains than those 10 minutes they're watching an iPad. It, if we can say yes more, that will be my do. If I can learn to say, and I'll apply it to myself because I, I mean, I have four kids and sometimes I know I say no a lot. And or, or I'll do it and then may, I, maybe I didn't do it. But if I learn to say yes more, we'll find, like Chris Simons say, that family time that is more quality time mm-hmm. that is more beneficial for if, kids. If you can do 15 minutes a day or a couple times a week
3: with each kid – of doing what they want to do. So mirroring their play if they're really little. So if they're mm-hmm. just like moving things around in their play kitchen and you just mimic what they're doing, they feel a connection there mm-hmm. or doing a puzzle or whatever it is that your child wants to do one-on-one for 15 minutes, it does foster that connection. And it is so hard. I'm yeah. not, I'm not a natural player. My husband's always like, You never, you know, you don't like to play. Like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I'm guilty. Like, Cause I'm trying to get the things done. done. Yeah. And in <laughs> my brain, I've yeah. got the checklist yeah. going. But if I have that day where I am intentional, I think things run a lot smoother in the house for
0: sure. One of the things that I love every time I go to the doctor's office and then they give you this whole questionnaire, you know, you have to, (laughs) I'm one of those weird ones that like it. But the reason why I was going to point it out is because it starts asking you, Hey, can your kid do this? Can they ride this? Can they put the blocks like this? Can they play like this? And I was like, oh, we did that last, last week. And I'm like, oh, I don't do that this week. It's almost like a check, like check marks, like a checklist for me. And then some things I'm like, oh, I haven't done that with my mm-hmm, kid. Mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. like, wait a second. And then you start reading. And you're like, they're supposed to be doing this by this age. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to hear it from Joe now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know. But it's these things that we're sharing with you, mom. So you understand, you know, not that you feel bad and be like, oh, I'm not doing those things. It's so you take note and you learn and you can apply it to whatever, like how benefits your kids. So anything else, ladies? Well, not really,
2: but I just think that carries over too, as our kids are growing, you know, they're going to want to involve us. You know, if we say no all the time because our schedules are too busy when they're two and three, again, we talked, I think in the last podcast or before that when they become preteen or teen, they may not want, To invite us because we've said no Mm -hmm. for so long. Like last week I went out and I played basketball. Okay. If Mm y'all know anything about it, do I look like I play basketball? Absolutely not. But my 14-year-old was out shooting the baskets and I heard him and I said, Let me just go ahead and surprise him and go out here and play basketball. And he like literally passed out in the driveway. He was like, Are you gonna play basketball with me? And I was like, Yes. (laughs) I'm not gonna 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 be good at it. I'm gonna do the best I can. And surprisingly, (laughs) I was like really kind of decent and he was shocked. But it was just such it was 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was just such a a sweet time that in the middle of the day, I stopped whatever I was doing and I went out there and just hung out with him. Well, And
0: have you guys noticed when, when you actually take time or when you go on vacation with little ones and toddlers they're totally different mm-hmm. you're like wait, wait wait a second this is not the same toddler i have in my house because you're giving them time you're all together as a family like kristen was saying you know you're giving those special little times alone like sydney was saying you know and you're saying yes more like kira was sharing yeah. so ladies thank you so much for listening this has been toddlers hopefully you learned something but before we go we have a specific note here that sydney wants to share with us sydney well
3: i just want to point out a couple things That from the medical standpoint, because you had asked, you know, safety safety things that maybe get missed in your visit. So you were asking me what the leading cause of death in in this age group is, and it's um, some can't
0: stop without that.
3: Yeah. So things to think about. It's the number one is accidental death. So car accidents and drowning. Please make sure that your child is rear facing until they're at least two years old and in a five point harness as long as possible. And swim lessons. We live in South Florida. There is water everywhere. (laughs) I mean. I can think of the names of every child at our practice that have drowned. It is yeah. preventable. Put alarms, locks, everything you can in your pool and do that swim lesson. Again, back to the they don't like it. Like, mm-hmm. I. They don't like to drown either, yes. and I mean, let's make them cry through their their swim lessons because mm-hmm. this is a safety thing. And then the other preventable cause of death in this age group is the flu, which is also preventable. So, save poison control's number in your phone if you have children like mine. They have ingested <laughs> all of the things, yeah. <laughs> and I have called poison control n- a number of times, and they're so helpful with kind of like, do what do I need to do with this? Do you have that number there? I right? do. It's one eight hundred two 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 one. 222. Okay. Say that again really quick. 1800 222
0: 1222. Maybe
3: we can put that in the show.
1: Notes. Yeah, we'll so put good.
0: in the show notes as well, ladies, so don't don't be scared. We'll, we got you. We got you. So Sydney,
1: before before we wrap up, could you just talk to us since you're here and you're the expert in this way. We've talked so much about, hey, ask your pediatrician, hey, make sure you talk to this But talk to us about the importance of having, finding, making sure you lean into a good
3: pediatrician. Yes. So I think the first thing you have to ask yourself is, you know, what's gonna work for my family? Do you need somebody who's gonna be there three hundred and sixty five days until eleven o'clock at night with a the office open? In that case you might be sacrificing close relationships because you're really there's probably gonna be a lot of providers at that practice and you know whoever's just gonna work you in, you know, whenever you're there, but maybe that is the best thing for your family schedule. Or do you want somebody who you're gonna develop a close relationship with and who's gonna get to know you and get to know your child very well and in a a smaller environment. You want to make sure that your values line up because again, this is going to trust. We want you to trust us. We want you to believe that we're coming from a place of sincerity and love if we have to have a tough conversation or maybe tell you something you don't want to hear we we want you to know that it's yeah. spoken in love and from experience and education and not a place of judgment so really your values should line up with that of your doctor and again to just keep in mind you know i can speak for myself but i think i can speak for most pediatricians we love what we do yeah. we didn't get into this to make the big bucks <laughs> you know this is the lowest paid area in medicine you don't enjoy getting vomit every day i I don't i get thrown (laughs) up on i get hit i get but i'm so passionate about what i do i love it and again just to reiterate what i said in the last episode i am in worrying about your kid when i can't sleep over my kids i can't sleep over yours i'm praying over them I'm cheering you on. This is what we do. So it really This is your
0: ministry. This is our mm-hmm. ministry
3: and this is this is our passion and and I'm happy to and I guess this I don't know how this is going to sit with some people but to have time away from my family doing this it feels right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the importance of finding a good pediatrician. And I'm not that's plugging not. my practice. I'm just saying, I, I want you to understand that this oh, isn't you just brag about it. This is always the best. Yeah. This isn't just a place that you, sh- you know, you just go because you have to get your forms filled out. There, there is more and there can be more for you if, if you understand. Well, you're not plugging your practice, but we, oh, we all <laughs> three here yeah. are
1: plugging your practice and your love for people your love for your patients your love for your co-workers and you know just for the body of christ shines through just your count i wish p- the ladies could see you your countenance oh, no, no, is beautiful we'll and we'll share a pretty picture yeah <laughs> it just we are grateful that you took the time yeah, away yeah, from you your so practice much. to do this for us today
0: yeah. thank Thanks you, for you so, good. so good thank you Well, thank you, ladies, for listening. And now, for sure, I'm wrapping up. Ladies, no more. Because we can stay talking about this topic forever. We know toddlers are complex. But, hey, maybe we can do a part three or part four or some other one. We probably should. And maybe we'll
1: talk about discipline things. And, and,
0: yeah, Yeah. that's always fun. Okay, we got you, ladies. We got you. Kristen got you. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening. And now, for sure, we're done. Remember, subscribe so you can be part of our giveaways we have great giveaways coming up your way so thank you to sydney that joined us thank you all that listening and this is the mom village one two three bye, bye.